Good day to you and welcome to the Top Secret for Your Reconsideration podcast laboratory, where we place under the microscope a cinematic anomaly and decide whether it's in fact a wrongly overlooked super protein or is indeed just the grossly virulent bacteria we always thought it was. I'm Rob and as always I'm here with Simon and James. How are you men? How are you doing? <laughs> what was that one about? <laughs> uh, that was from scraping the barrel mode. <laughs> The, the next uh, like promotional picture we do is us three in lab coats with clips. <laughs> lovely, yes, lovely. Yeah. I'm I'm thinking outside the box now. You know, I was going to come up with names for you. You know, like Doctor. You know, I don't know. You know, but um, I thought it was long enough. Yes, it was. <laughs> yeah. uh, what have you boys been watching this week? Oh right, I have been watching. Oh, I'll give a shout out to two things actually. Uh, one because it gave me so much immense joy which was uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Have you you two seen this? Yes, I went to the cinema on my own to watch it. Oh, no, I'm desperate to see it. Yeah, I've just caught up with it because I take forever to get onto everything. Hands down for me, it's the best Spider-Man film ever made. It is. Seriously, that that is amazing. Uh, Manages to subvert, send up and celebrate the source material while simultaneously telling an effective and new Spider-Man origin story. Uh, plus, the animation is some of the best I've ever seen. That's incredible. Uh, I showed a couple of sequences it, uh, to my son, who's not quite two yet, and all I got out of him was as Spider-Man was falling, was like, oh, no! And then as he come back up again, he went, yeah! Oh, no! <laughs> Rinse and repeat, yeah. Incidentally, exactly how I was in the cinema. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got. I literally, I've got um, a Amazon voucher uh, for fifteen quid. Uh, I am going to spend it on that based on that recommendation. Oh, it's brilliant! It's yeah. so good. Get it on the yeah. Get it on HD, Rob. It's absolutely yeah. amazing. Mm. It's some of the best like art direction I've ever seen on an animated film. Oh, seriously, this sounds amazing. It's unbelievable. It's so like adventurous and and so unique as well. Yeah, it's it's brilliant. It's really really good. It's really good. Oh, it sounds cool. Yeah. The other one, which is a little bit more on the other end of the spectrum. Have you heard of the film Sorry to Bother You? Oh, yes. um, uh, Boots Riley. Yes. I've not seen it. I do want to watch it, though. It's sort of a film that uh, defies categorisation, but I would categorise it as a surreal, absurdish, dark sci-fi satire set in the world of telemarketing. (laughs) That old favourite popular genre. (laughs) (laughs) It's a crazy, crazy mix of everything. Uh, honestly, it's one of the most surprising films I've seen in ages. It took turns that I could never have anticipated. Seriously? And I don't really want to say any more than that going in, as the less that you know, the better. I'd highly recommend it. Not all of it works, but I have nothing but respect for the audacity of the storytelling. The third act of this thing is crazy. It's also really, really funny. Could you um, could you slide into my DMs, James, with the uh, title of that one again? Actually, you could just tell me now. Sorry. <laughs> just, what no, was we, it called? We've, we're recording this, Rob. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <I> could just <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Any excuse to get you in my DMs, James? <laughs> yeah. <hold on. laughs> Stop sending me them pictures. <laughs> Can't help it. It's an addiction. Uh, what about what about you, Sai? What have you been watching? Uh, not much this week, but I did catch up with the the Highwaymen on Netflix. Oh yeah, which is the the pursuit of Bonnie and Clyde, but from purely from the cops' perspective. But yeah, it's all right. It was a good, nice little period piece. Uh, doesn't glamorize the crime side of it at all. It's all very much focused on the police side. Uh, it's got two amazing lead performances from 
uh, Kevin Costner and Woody Harrelson. It's good. It's worth a watch. It's um, it's one of Netflix's stronger films, I think. Cool. Yeah, it's good. Nice, nice. Yeah, I had seen that. Um, I always try to catch up with whatever Costner's up to these days because I still think you know I don't know whether it's possible to think he's underrated considering the career he's had but I think in a modern context I still think he's pretty underrated yeah I think the thing with Costner is that when he's had projects that have failed they really really flopped Mm. hard and that's possibly had a uh, negative impact on the perception of the rest of his career which is pretty solid oh yeah, yeah definitely yeah interesting interesting um well, I, I actually watched some movies this week. Um, oh, shit, let me get back. <laughs> Seriously. No, now, you know, I watched Ang Lee's The Hulk movie again, which uh, I still, I really like, actually. I really like that. Loads of great actors in it. And um, I think some of the effects really hold up as well. I watched the Harryhausen 1969 classic, The Valley of Guanji, which is one of my favourite films ever, because um, I'm showing my kids every dinosaur film I can get my hands on at the minute. And um, we watched that, and it's just, oh, I just love it so much. And it's got the best scene ever of a T Rex eating a dwarf that you're going to find in any <laughs> any cinematic offering. Woodwatch. Woodwatch, definitely. <laughs> um, <laughs> I also watched um, It's a Megalodon. Uh, the, the Meg, Meg. with uh, oh. Jason Statham, yeah, Six Pack City, yeah, it was it was like really gloriously poop, uh, you know, like <laughs> I loved it because it was dead poop and loads of fun, and it, we might actually come back to it on this podcast. We might actually, you know, keep our powder dry on that. <laughs> we could do a shark special with Deep Blue Sea. Oh, oh, oh. Our, shark, our oh, shark, shark week, week. <laughs> shark <Yeah>. month, <laughs> uh, and I'm also I'm halfway through. Um, Siberia with Big Keanu. It's that action movie that's Russian set on Netflix. I've not heard of that one. No, I'm so far I'm really enjoying it. But it's got um again, I'm gonna keep it quiet on this one because and not say too much because at the minute it's got like eleven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Oof. And I'm enjoying <laughs> it so far, so I'm thinking, oh, you know, if it if we come round eleven percent, wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean that is that is if I thought the Meg was poop, I mean that is usually reserved for something truly poop. <laughs> But anyway, so yeah, so I've actually really enjoyed it this week. Watch loads. Uh, also this week, you know, because um, sometimes we do dip into a bit of movie news. Just today on the day of recording, the internet is losing its its mind over the news that hashtag Arbats, uh, Robert Pattinson <laughs> might be playing <laughs> might be playing Batman in the Matt, upcoming Matt Reeves um, movie. Guys, what, what have you got a take on this? We dropped that good time episode at the right time, didn't we? We so did. It's like we had did. inside knowledge. <laughs> yes, yes. We didn't. We absolutely didn't. <laughs> it's, I, it's so interesting. It's making me like, because I'm really intrigued by the Batman because, mm. well, one, because Matt Reeves in, is involved. His Planet of the Apes films are so like dark and miserable for blockbuster movies. The bleakest temple movies I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) They're excellent, but good grief, I'm never watching them again. They're so good. (laughs) So yeah, I'm so interested. And then this, throwing this in as well, having a young Bruce Wayne and it's bloody Robert Pattinson. Obviously Reddit is full of a lot of like, oh, I don't want this shiny vampire playing Batman is ruining everything. It's like, you are, you are aware Twilight wasn't a documentary. Like. <laughs> also, just take one look at his filmography since that last Twilight film came out and look at the movies that he's done. Yeah. You know, maybe go and see something that isn't playing in the multiplex or mm, maybe mm. like search out something on the streaming services that he's been doing. He's reinvented himself completely and proved what a tremendous actor Yes. 
He has stepped right away from it all, hasn't he? Yeah. He's a great actor. He's got such good range as well. He's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, this week, whose pick was it this week? Uh, it's uh, it's mine this week. Woohoo! <laughs> yes, indeed. And, uh, yeah, similar to my last pick, I'm once again plucking a flick from the Mouse House vault. <laughs> Are you on the payroll? <laughs> <laughs> you, would, you would think so with my choice of film, especially because I've got the Lone Ranger coming up as well. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. I can see him now, listeners. He doesn't ha- He's not wearing the mouse ears, so he's, you know... <laughs> I have some uh, Donald Duck boxer shorts on. No, I don't. Um, the... Again, the gullible me was like, really? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, another Disney film from me. But rather than adventuring to uh, another planet, uh, this time we're journeying to a digital frontier with a de Jeff Bridges and a shit ton of neon. We're heading back to 2010 to help Sam Flynn find his missing father in Joseph Kaczynski's criminally underrated, in my opinion, Tron Legacy. I promised you that if I ever got any information about your dad, I'd tell you first, right? I was paged last night. Came from your dad's office at the arcade. So? So? The number's been disconnected for 20 years. Two nights before he disappeared, he came to my house. He said he was about to change everything. Science, medicine, religion. You wouldn't have left that, Sam. You wouldn't have left you. Alan, you're acting like I'm going to find him sitting there working. Just, hey, kiddo, lost track of time. Wouldn't that be something? you said that you found this criminally underrated uh, when it came out. Did you watch it at the time of release? I did, I did. I mean, even though I had seen the original Tron, I'd had no affection or affinity to it whatsoever. Mm. I always like, like remember it being a bit shit, <laughs> like looking a bit shitty, because I think it was like just before my sort of time, so it had dated by the time I actually like sat down to watch it. I think, anyway, I don't know. But for some reason, I don't know what it was, I was so excited for this film. Yeah. Maybe the Daft Punk connection, possibly, because I was a big Daft Punk fan at the time. Still am. But the trailer, the first trailer what came out, just completely blew me away. I, I was just in from that trailer. I was just totally in. Loved it when I watched it at the cinema. Oh, God. I can imagine the cinema trip watching that being... Mind-blowing. Yeah, I think I watched it IMAX as well. and It was actually one of the good 3D ones because it was shot in 3D. It wasn't done afterwards. Right, right. And I I just remember at the time, I just thought it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. Mm, mm. When you watched it again this week, did it stand up again for you? Uh, Yeah, it did actually. Uh, Yeah. Um, uh, We'll get into it more detail. Now, what do you guys think? What's your history with it? Uh, From my perspective, I I could not care less about Tron as a property at all. Like I'd never even seen the original. I think I've seen it since. 
But I was intrigued by the, as you say, the trailer uh, looked amazing. But I didn't go to the cinema to see it. I watched it at home when I watched it. Right. And I enjoyed it. That's about as much as I'm going to say for now. <laughs> we'll dig into it. <laughs> yeah, we'll dig into it uh, on this rewatch. Yeah, I, I'm I'm the same. Uh, I remember Tron making a visual impact uh, when I was first, you know, watching movies with my granddad and stuff like that. I have no affinity, like you say, James, I've got no affinity or obsession with Tron or anything like that. I can understand because it's so distinctive visually that people, it has that sort of cachet, doesn't it, for people to get obsessed with. But I'm definitely one for, as we've discussed many times, films should be able to stand by themselves and be good all on their own without, you know, any sort of pandering to any special pandering to any source material or anything like that. And I've got to be honest, I I loved it. Oh yes, never seen it before and loved it. So yeah, oh, you'd, ne- you'd never, you'd never. No, you'd, no, you'd I had, hadn't. I hadn't watch. seen it. No, this was a first watch. Um, and cool. um, yeah, just really, really liked it. Actually, nice, nice. So yeah, thumbs up, <laughs> thumbs up. But um, so like critically, Sai, how was it received at the time? It was very middling. Yeah, it's just just really like underwhelming, I think. So if we look to our Rotten Tomato score, we've got it at 50% critically. So straight down the middle. Audience slightly higher at 63. So not that good from the audience either. Um, Metacritic's very similar, 49 out of 100. Audience score slightly higher there at 7.2. And Letterboxd, it has it as an average of three. So it's definitely hitting down that two and a half star thing like across the board. Yeah. Like looking back on some of the reviews, I to be honest, I didn't pay attention at the time mm. because I was just so in my own head. I was like, I don't care what other people say. Like, I want to see this film. And then when I saw it, I was like, I loved it. Yeah. And I just did not pay attention to it at the time at all. I remember it being quite underwhelming. But it just seems like looking back on some of the reviews, it just seems a bit bizarre. Like, a lot of them are a bit pompous, the reviews. Really? Like, a lot of them are quite mocking of it. Like as if they're expecting like a heavy character study of a father and son relationship, and it's like and not taking it for the pure action film slash technical advent, you know, the adventurous technical film it is. Yeah, because it's I-, I felt it was kind of yeah, quite like at the time as well. It was quite groundbreaking visually from a production di- design standpoint. Yeah, and it's almost as if the critics have just dismissed all that. Yeah, and it's so I'm just a bit like, like yeah. Yeah, so I, where you say, where you say groundbreaking there, side. Let's let's not say it's quite groundbreaking. This will have been absolutely cutting edge of the top visual effects. Where, where there's a lot of de aging going on here. Yeah, uh, and this is literally the best that the effects could achieve at this time. Yeah, right. So at that time, that is the best de aging that could be done on yeah. on a uh, on a physical actor, and then the digital re aging of that character. So it's not just a little bit cutting edge. It's absolutely at the forefront of the visual effects there. Yeah, yeah. Can, yeah. can I just ask, Is this was this before or after Benjamin Button, though? I think it was after. Yeah, after. But I think the difference was, was this was like more of a meaty role, I think. Yeah. Right, right, right. So not just like the odd scene or whatever. Yeah, yeah he's, he's like quite full on. So giving a main character, de-aging a main character throughout a, a significant portion of the film's runtime. Yeah, right. yeah. I was just getting that right in my head. At some point in Benjamin Button, I haven't seen it since it came out, but mm. he spends a little bit of time as a as a baby old man. <laughs> and then well, he does, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. And then and then you don't cast Brad Pitt in your movie and then not have him look like Brad Pitt for eighty <laughs> percent of the running time. Yeah. 
<laughs> Fitcher, you bad man. <laughs> no, yeah. So, you know, yeah, this is definitely... And I'd forgotten just how much the de-aging stuff was used in this film. Yeah. And we'll get onto that over the course, when we go through the movie yeah, itself. We will, yeah, we will get through it, yeah. But, you know, talk about swinging for it. Yeah. Uh, and it's easy to mock this stuff now. It because is. Because it's moved on so far in the last decade. I mean, if you see the latest Marvel films... It's it's light years ahead of what they were able to do, but this was literally them operating at the top of the craft yeah. in 2009, 2010. You know, this it couldn't be done any better than what it was in the, in this particular film. Yeah. It's a bit annoying when judging a film and you're just dismissing all that technical brilliance yeah. for the sake of, a, you know, not having a story what is not Citizen Kane. It's not Citizen Kane or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And it's like, I'm, I'm sorry, the, the, the special effects in Citizen Kane didn't do it for me. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? I just, I, I, it's just, a, you know, you have to take a film for what it is. And I just feel, reading some of the reviews, there's, there's, I'll just pluck one out because I don't want to, you know, single people out too much or dwell on negative reviews so much. But there was, this one was from The Critic's Notebook by um, a last called Sarah Manville. All the money in its budget was unable to buy the filmmakers a single original idea. And my main issue with that take, that hot take, is the film is chock full of original ideas Uh, in terms of the technical elements of it. Uh, It's just the story where you're just like, oh, it's a bit by the numbers and a bit basic. You know, stop bloody dismissing the amazing, this brilliant stuff they've done visually. I mean, the, the film's full of invention. Like I, I've not seen any because I, you know, you talk about like trying to pigeonhole the genre for this. I find it hard because for a lot of it, it felt like fantasy. You know, like electric neon. It is fantasy. Fantasy, yeah, but you know, like fantasy, like Lord of the Rings style. Fan, you know that. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. But that's what they're going for. Yeah, it's a whole world, isn't it? Like a new world. Yeah, it's so much ambition, so much scale, and it's in that thing for me where. You know, I'm so glad there are filmmakers even trying this kind of stuff, even trying to tell a story with this kind of scale and scope. Um, the world's better that it's in it. The cinematic world is too, despite people moaning about it. Mm. Uh, James, what about um, budget? How are we doing? Budget and box office? Yeah, so as you'd imagine, it's quite an expensive film. Mm. So 170 million budget. And I think it's the box office return is probably similar in the way that the critical response was in that it wasn't bad, mm just probably underwhelming from Disney's mm. point of view. So it did yeah. 400 million worldwide. So it's a profitable film. Right. If you take the, yeah. the concept that with marketing and things like that, then you need to double your budget to make, yeah. to make yeah. money. So it's definitely made profit. Um, what I don't get with Disney, though, is this film comes out 28 years after the original. Mm. I don't understand why they think that the, that the audience is, is that big. For this movie, I, I I mean maybe you guys can yeah. shed some light on that. I don't know why they were expecting it to do a billion dollars or whatever at the at the box office. Yeah. But you know what? I guarantee what it because it is a cult film. Yeah. So people are very vocal about the. I mean, as I said before, I had no affinity to it whatsoever. I, I don't like it. Mm. You know, I'm not really that bothered by it. But it's got this cult yeah. following, and to me, it feels like this film was made on the strength of like a Comic Con reaction or something yes that does come like, up a lot yeah yeah, yeah. Do you know what i mean like like you get people going like oh 
they have to remake, they have to do a sequel, blah, blah, moaning. And then you guarantee, you know, Disney have done it and you guarantee half the people shouting for it wouldn't have gone to see it. Yeah. yeah. I, I read that it went to Comic-Con three years in a row during production. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like they did a, teased a bit more footage there, then a bit more, and then there was a trailer and stuff like that. And the thing is, the Comic-Con audience is not your mainstream audience. That's not where you make your money back at the box office, even if yeah. all those people go, Right. Yeah. You know, Joe Bloggs in the street, is he clambering for a Tron sequel in in the 2000s? You know, like, where the fuck is my Tron sequel outside the Magic Kingdom? Like, <laughs> beating up Mickey. Like, come on, where's Tron? I want to see what happened to Sam Flynn. It's just not happening. Yeah, it's very, it is odd that they made this, but... Like, I'm amazed it did that well. I think that's good. <laughs> yeah, it does. I think that's good. 400 million worldwide is good. Yeah, I thought he did a lot worse than that because I totally remember it falling flat at the time. Yeah. But he probably just sort of limped over to a fairly, you know, a, a, you know, a modest game. It did better internationally than it did in America. And, you know, it did enough that they did green light a sequel several times. Did they? Mm. The final green light was put in in March of 2015, for what I've read, with all the key players returning. So, director, cast, everybody coming back. Cool. But that got put into turnaround for whatever reason. And uh, the future now is reportedly a reboot with 30 Seconds to Mars and everyone's favourite Joker, Jared Leto, attached. So that'll be oh, brilliant, right. I'm sure. Isn't that he way. like 55 now and still looks like 20? <laughs> <laughs> He's a vampire. But um, this was one of those films where it was like a tech demo, wasn't it? Where someone had gone, oh, I can make this really cool looking shit. It's going to be like Tron. We'll make it Tron. Yeah did it and then it's just impressed the shit out of everyone and then that's what sort of pushed it along like what happened with Deadpool and um, Ant-Man as well even though Edgar Wright didn't do it in the end which I think is a massive shame because I'd love to see Edgar Wright's Ant-Man. Yeah. You know those films were funded and made on the strength of a little test thing they did. Yeah. And and this was similar. Oh was it? Kaczynski like have you looked on his IMDB? This is his first film feature film. Yeah, I know. Is this is the most expensive film ever made by a first-time film director? I I find that like astounding that they've give. How did he not have like, a nervous breakdown? How did he get that shot? <laughs> oh, like, uh, fair play to it because I think he's done a great job. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's clearly a visual director. Yeah, yeah. Do you know his background at all? Vaguely, like I know that he works. He worked primarily in CGI, which sort of makes sense with the sort yeah. of tester things. And then I, I'd read that he'd done a couple of ads for, like, Halo 3 and Gears yeah, of War. that's exactly what will have got him the job, I think. Because they were award-winning right, adverts, right. like, that are highly CGI. They were award-winning, but have you watched them back? The Gears of War one, I don't know if I'd found a wrong one or something, but it just looked like game footage to me. Right. Just cut to the <laughs> song from Donnie Darko. And I was like, is yeah, that's it? the one, apparently, yeah. I, I I'm baffled. I don't because like, what's he done there? Gosh. I have no idea what he's actually doing. He must there. be like, good in the room. That's all I can say. Yeah. <laughs> but as well, a- no. I mean, he, 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 uh, remember only two years after this, and it won't be two years because that this will have been in development for ages. But around this similar time, Disney are also giving 
absolute buckets to Andrew Stanton, who didn't believe in himself, to go and make John Carter. <laughs> yeah, who was in charge at uh, Disney at the time? <laughs> yes, but he's made huge films, though. Oh, he had, yeah, definitely. But again, he'd not done a live-action one, no. though, had he? You know, they are, they put their money where their mouth is with these guys. They do, I mean... <laughs> oh, jeez. It's, it is a bit... It's just, it's baffling. Like, hundred, they've, they've gone, oh, yeah, we'll give this uh, this hot shot a chance. Um, what, what sort of budget are you looking for? I need... Nearly two hundred million dollars to make this film. All right, sorted. And, there you go. And Daft Punk. Off you go. <laughs> What's his track record like? Oh, he hasn't got one. <laughs> there is no, there is no, there is no <laughs> track record. But at least I believe oh. in myself. <laughs> too much. <laughs> yeah, too. <laughs> what? What did it come out um, around the same time as? Did anything? Could any other movies have? knocked it off its stride or whatever. No, I think it did what it's going to do. I think that's a really decent return on a 28-year-old sequel to a franchise that anybody within the demographic that you're looking at, you know, from 11-year-olds to 30-year-olds, so 11-year-olds and their dads, Mm. is is probably the best you're going to do, really, I would say. Yeah. And, you know, it was enough to get a sequel on the starting grid. It just never went. Yeah. Yeah. He probably wanted like twice the budget, didn't he? And they were just like, fuck off, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's probably like, we need to do it for the same at a bare minimum. Like, and he's like, well, you know, I think we need 250 million this time. <laughs> like, <laughs> Get out, Joseph. <laughs> looking at, looking at 2010 movies, it is, there's nothing humongous coming out that year. So, what, Inception is probably the biggest film that year. Because yeah. Chris Nolan's like on fire at that point, isn't yeah. he? As he still is. Yeah. He still is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I absolutely love that guy. But there was one review I saw, I, I, I'm struggling to find it. I had, I had it up, um, where it was basically saying, oh, if you want a, uh, a better character-driven story based on technology, watch The Social Network. And it's like, it's a completely different fucking film. If you're That's comparing this stupid. to The Social Network, like... What what are you even doing? Like that's what I was going going back to, like the the smug pompous reviews. That I mean, that is absurd. That is just ridiculous. Because Social Network was out that year. It's just like what a pointless comparison. <laughs> it's so bizarre. Ah, I mean, the, the aims of the two films are totally separate. If you want a better father and son story, watch Field of Dreams. <laughs> <laughs> bizarre. This is exactly the kind of attitude, though, that we're trying to to step away from, though, isn't it? That we're trying to stand against and say, come on, just enjoy yeah. the movie on its own merit. Take it on its own merits. Yeah, definitely. It's on its own, its own merit. merit. James, you've hit the nail on the head. That's the expression, on its own merits. You don't have to like it. That's fine. Criticism that's actually useful is is good for the conversation. But comparing something is. that's yeah. set in the real world about a load of upstarts at Harvard who created a huge social network to something about light cycles and disc battles on a grid in, <laughs> inside a computer is not the same thing. Yeah, it's mental. But um, It's clutching at straws at best. That, yeah. Look how clever I am. Actually, you're an idiot. Let's, uh, yeah. let's have it right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be lying awake later thinking of that. Like, dear me, what is the world coming to? Yeah. Well, this was 2010. Oh. Things were good back then. I know, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 2010 is, a, is an odd year. Like even the big Marvel release that year was Iron Man Two. Yeah, which oh. for me that's the that's the at the bottom of the barrel in terms of the Marvel films. Yeah, um, yeah. 
Kickass was out that year, which is brilliant. Love that. But that was that wasn't a big like big movie, I don't think. No, no. And no. I think this was a Christmas release as well, if I remember correctly. So it wasn't even up was against it? any of the. Uh, if I remember oh, right, correctly, right. don't quote me on that. I'd have to check. Um, no, you're right. The December seventeenth, United. There was a the US. Wow, release. wow. Yeah. Wow. So it wasn't it was even Christmas up against anything. The big summer ones. I mean, there might have been a Harry Potter. I'm not sure. Don't know when that finished. Can you imagine how crisp and cosy it would have been going to the cinema? Uh, uh, you know, with lovely, lovely snowdrifts, or you know, horrid rain because we're in the UK. <laughs> you know, and then you know, watching sideways rain. <laughs> yeah, but um, and watching Tron Legacy. How nice that must. It's not have very been. Christmasy oh, though, is it? Don't know. What do what do I want? For it did look jolly cold wherever they were. Wherever they were, cold. it did look very cold. And and uh, Jeff Bridges is like a hippie Santa. <laughs> <laughs> What the, yeah, it, well, he is, isn't he? I, I didn't know whether that was that character trait of, you know, um, you're messing up my chi, man. I and all love this. You know, all I, didn't know. I love all I do, I do. But I did, was that was he like that in the original? I just can't remember. I don't know. I couldn't I, tell you. I really couldn't tell you. Honestly, couldn't tell you. I, yeah, Probably. I really don't know. <laughs> Jeff Bridges. <laughs> Part of me thinks it's just Jeff Bridges just freestyling and just being the, like the dude. <laughs> He's just like, ah, oh, yeah. yeah. Now I, you see, I just, I just, yeah. There's so much I love about this film. It's uh, it, it's one of my. I don't like using the word guilty pleasures because pleasure could never be guilty. No, it's yeah. Uh, you either yeah, like it or yeah, you don't, yeah. and if you enjoy it, then you shouldn't feel guilty about it. Yeah, I I I yeah. love so much about this film. But yes, the film itself. Oh, that's so cool. Uh, we've got plenty to talk about. I think. Oh well, we do, we do. Um, and we open um, with straight in with some de aging stuff, don't we? Yes. Right from the beginning with the story. Yeah, and they try and they're, they're quite clever with it because this is in the real world, isn't it? Because it's when Sam's a kid yeah. and Jeff Bridges is in his thirties, and they hide it quite a bit, don't they? Like they put him behind. They do, yeah. Like walls and and we, you know. The, it's only at the end where they reveal the face and yeah, lovely soft lighting everywhere. Yeah, it's got it's got two sort of purposes, I think, because at that time it's not quite there yet, is it? In terms yeah, of looking, it's not, no, re- we're still in uncanny valley territory, and it's still a bit odd. Mm. So I think they've just got right him in the real world. It's a bit too weird. Let's hide it as much as we can. Yeah, and then it's the reveal. So it's got two sort of. It works on two levels there. Mm. This was pioneering at the time and i do remember in the cinema yeah. going like whoa this is amazing but now it has mm. dated a bit it i found has. it quite jarring it did take me out the film on a rewatch but that's not the fault of the people who've worked on the film yeah Just time yeah. move on you know and i, that's I, right, I saw yeah. avengers uh a, a, i saw avengers endgame the other week and there's, and there's loads of and it's faultless the de-aging stuff that's going on that same in captain marvel as well as simon said earlier it's just things, mm. you know, 10 years on, there's just so much more that can be done yeah, by is, the effects yeah. teams. Yeah. You know? I mean, you, you, getting upset about this um, would be akin to saying, you know, moaning about, um, oh, well, look at the size of the mobile phones they had in that 90s movie. It's <laughs> yeah. Saved by the Bell. Zach Morris's mobile phone yeah. Saved by the what, Bell. What? <laughs> <laughs> he was definitely a drug dealer, by the way. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he always had cash. He was always on the phone. <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> That's Just wrecking my childhood memories. Honestly, so <laughs> well incredible. Um, He's always I had, a, had a sleeping bag that was the same. Um, you know, like the same, <laughs> like not. What's the? What's the? You know, the like pattern the, from the opening sequence. Yeah, the texture motif from the opening sequence. Those weird <laughs> shapes that look like neon quavers flying when everywhere. I wake up in the morning, when I, when I, and I didn't know what the lyrics were. <laughs> when I'm under the water, 
<laughs> is Screech still in prison? Uh, was he in prison? Oh yeah, he stabbed, he, someone up on a, he stabbed someone up on He stabbed someone up on Christmas Day in a bar. Oh god, he's made a sex tape. He stabbed someone up. He was in a nineties childhood amazing program. He's done everything. Where's his autobiography? I think he has got one. And he's also called Dustin Diamond. What a name! You know, like in the Punisher, you know, without you, these are just Dustin Diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> You two keep talking. I'm going to find out if Screech is in, uh, <laughs> is in prison or not. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, that expression, Uncanny Valley, um, I love that because they are so close to it here, you know, to getting it spot on. Mm. You know, and it's just, yeah. it's something so, I mean, I can't imagine how many conversations have been had in how many design studios about what you can do to overcome this, to make the human mind believe that some that a CG effect is also human. But we're not there. We're so close, but we're not there. Yeah, it was a leap towards being like perfect. I yeah, think. yeah. This this one, it's definitely a water, like a, a watershed moment for it. Yeah, I just remembered as well. We, you know, even before the film started, the Tron remake of the Disney oh, Castle at the start. Oh, that was yeah, gorgeous. That, was great. Yeah, that yeah, is yeah. so good. Yeah, like, that's one of the best ones they've done. And and then you get the first taste of the. Um... Uh, of the score as well, and the score is amazing. The score is oh. absolutely phenomenal. It is the, straight from the off. Yeah. Straight from the off. It is one of the best meldings of visuals and music. Yeah. I think I've ever seen. Totally I mean, agree. talk yeah. about cherry picking the right people to do the score for this yeah. movie. Yeah. Like, and they love Tron. Like, they were wet, they're really into Tron, and they really wanted the job on it. Uh, who uh, was it? Daft Punk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Daft yeah, Punk. Yeah. yeah. Who make a, a cameo later on? They do. They do in the nightclub. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they could be in the rest of the movie for all I know. It could be Jeff Bridges who's <laughs> in Daft yeah, Punk. They could, I, don't yeah, they could. I don't know. But this was like just before they went absolutely humongous as well. So they weren't even. They were popular, they were well-known, they were big, in Europe at least. But in America, I don't think they were. Right, right. Because this was just before the whole Pharrell Williams, yeah. when they went pop and not, yeah, yeah. You know, ridiculously popular. I might be wrong in this, but this is what I remember, was they brought the soundtrack out a couple of weeks before the film. So I'd spent, and because I was just you know totally enamoured by this movie, you know, listened to the soundtrack in preparation to watch the film, and then when you're watching the film, it just makes it even better because you're recognising these songs and you're like, yeah. fuck, this is brilliant. Just the opening bit where you've got Jeff Bridges' voiceover. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, Super it it true, is amazing. Yeah. I think it's my, one of my favourite soundtracks like of all time. Uh, no, I, I can so see why good. you'd say that, actually. And it, I, I'm going to um, listen to it this week separate from the film because I've never, I'd never heard the soundtrack before. Yeah, and you absolutely can as well. Um, yeah, it can stand on its own absolutely as well, an. Album. I was listening to it absolutely. yesterday when I was prepping for this uh, for this episode. It was just like, yeah, this is a banging, banging score. This it's really yeah. good. Like yeah. it goes beyond just film score music. Like you could just yeah. you could drive the car walking around. Basically, Daft Punk, we salute you, and if you're really nice to us, you can do a remix of our theme music at the start of the party. <laughs> I still want Steven Soderbergh flavours, though. <laughs> yeah, we have a few notes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't carry on, because now I'm thinking of that Matthew McConaughey impression, you know, like Mr. Soderbergh. Want, want me to take my shirt off? <laughs> 
<laughs> no, it's all right, Matthew. It's all There's right. a time for me to take my shirt off. Uh, <laughs> I think so. What we established, what I'm learning here is that we don't have any gripes at all with visuals, score, production design, none of that stuff. It's more, am I guessing, story? I think so. Story, possibly lead acting. Uh, so we get that opening ah. sequence yeah. with um, where we where it's Sam Flynn's all grown up and it's uh, yeah. Garrett Hedlund, another Friday Night Lights alumni yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. from the yeah. film. Billingsley! Yeah, ironically, Billingsley. Uh, ironically oh. Billingsley and Riggins are the same character, aren't they? They are, yeah. Yeah, they are, they are. Yeah, that, that was uh, John Carter because... Um, yeah, Kitch, go back Taylor and listen Kitch to that one. In, yeah, Taylor <laughs> yeah. Kitsch was in Friday Night Lights TV programme. Um, he, he looks <laughs> good. He's, he's, he's good, you know, he's, he's, pass- he's not spectacular. Yeah. But this is yeah. kind of what I was thinking about the story as well. If this is anyone who is too cocky or too got too much bravado or choose the scenery too much it distracts from all the other brilliance going around he just lets he's sort of like a palate cleanser throughout the whole film yeah, so that's you a can good, get quite a good thing yeah good point you can make the most of everything else around him he's not taking all the attention he's just yeah. a steady lead man in his lovely little skin tight suit with his neon trim <laughs> um, and, it, and his haircut that every boy had once in his life <laughs> When they were fourteen, at her <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the lovely little spike. <laughs> yeah, I, I found he's him serviceable. He's, he's, he's a placeholder, isn't he, for the plot? Basically, he is. So, yeah, right. he is. yeah. He is. he's yeah. he's neither good or bad. He's just there, you know. Like, yeah. hey, do you yeah. want? I know uh, who they considered instead, and I assume they're either Ooh. too expensive or they couldn't afford them. Uh, too, that's the same thing. Too expensive, or didn't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Schneider. <laughs> Uh, unfortunately not, although he could have done it. He can play he anything. Have done it. He can play anything. He can play anything. Animal, hot chip, <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Stick me inside the computer, no problem. I'll do it. So uh, Casey Affleck was considered. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Academy Award winning Casey Affleck. Wow. Chris Pine was considered, because obviously... Love Chris Pine. He's, Star Trek just come out. Yeah, he's yeah. probably just done Star he's Trek. He's too charismatic. He too charismatic. To- yeah, yeah. He probably opted to do Star Trek instead of this, yeah. I would have thought. I would imagine that the production schedules probably Clashed, la- yeah. overlapped slightly. Yeah. And the other one was uh, was heartthrob of the moment, Ryan Gosling. Oh, what, really? Wow. And then he went on to yeah. do the remake, uh, Blade Runner 2049, because it's very similar to Blade Runner 2049. <laughs> Is it? I will watch that now. It's on not. The it's base of that. tenuous, tenuous link, but... Uh, Oh, is it? Are we tenuously, you know, are we in the realms of this is, you know, if you want a character study, go and watch The Social Network instead of Tron Legacy. <laughs> that, that level they're of not. Be, they're not. There's a lot less uh, light cycle battles in, <laughs> in Blade Runner. Uh, <laughs> I would love to see Jesse Eisenberg on a light cycle. So, <laughs> so we get like... like the what is it? The opening ten minutes for in the real world just before, and it zips along really fast. It's like right, let's get yeah, to the which is yeah. no beautifully shot as well. It by is, the way. it is, it, yeah. It's, it looked like Dark Knight, like you know the bit with it Joker did. And the I truck. thought that was like, it looks exactly the same as that. Like, is it the same yeah, place? Yeah. I don't. It's very similar. It was shot by a guy called Claudio Miranda. He shoots all of Kaczynski's movies, including the upcoming. Top Gun 2 Maverick. Wow. I didn't, didn't know he was doing that. Bang, 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 bang. So uh, I think that's coming out in the summer of 2020. So I think on the week of release that we will do the original Top Gun, which only has a 
Rotten Tomatoes rating of 50-odd percent. So oh, that wow. Qualifies. We will do the original. <laughs> we will topic. save so that. clear your diaries. That's a save the date for you. <laughs> That's amazing. Playing with the boys. <laughs> and, yeah, just, just on him, he's an Oscar-winning DP. He also has credits for Life of Pi, which he won an Oscar for. So. Well, uh, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. There's, yeah. there's <laughs> no question the photography in this film isn't yeah, top-notch. I, I would go so far as to say it's one of the best-looking films I've ever seen. I think. It's a film of... Yeah. Um, like desktop wallpapers it's just it is yes you can pause it at any point print it out in a1 and hang it on your wall it is stunning there's so many nice shots in it like the overhead when um sam is in the office and he wipes the dust off the the old computer yeah when he's doing his disc fight and it goes through looks through the disc and does a nice little cheeky focus pull yeah it's got so many lovely shots in it it's a really well shot film it's one of those you can never actually argue i don't think with this one with the competency of which it's been made no it looks superb. It does, yeah. And it's well edited and, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that, any of that whatsoever. Um, but, yeah, you, you're right. We don't waste any time. And I like that. I like that we're in this Tron world. Uh, the mythology of it all and the I sometimes – I'm not great at this. I mean, it could be any film and I'm not great at following the <laughs> – especially if the mythology of the world in question is a little bit convoluted. But this place is the grid, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So this is what Thank Jeff you. Bridges' character created in the 80s, and then he ended up getting stuck there when he was trying to yes. change the world. While he's been there, it's sort of evolved into this sentient civilization of AI computer things. Yeah. And it's all quite dark and violent and sexual looking. It's all very neon. It's lovely. It's so nice. <laughs> and, and, it's like a PG Matrix, isn't it? Yeah, like, it is. Yeah, there were a yeah. few. Yeah, yeah. I kept thinking that you know, like, how do they all know how to fight dead good? But then you know, I thought like, well, if it's the Matrix, they can just upload. Well, they're all computer programs, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. So you yeah. you don't really need to ask that question. You can just upload something. Yeah, new. exactly. Yeah, yeah. And you're easily identified as a good guy or a bad guy because you're either red or you're blue. So <laughs> yeah, dead helpful. Oh shit! I've got red neon. I'm a bad guy. Oh, God. <laughs> Can you swap bibs? Let's swap bibs. But I just like I love like the opening forty five minutes. Yeah, just proper zips along, proper pushes along. And it does. Yeah, it yeah. flew by for me because I, I was watching. So you've got in that opening sequence, you've got the the you got the real world bit of him base jumping off the the building, which is pretty cool. When yeah. he looks like Batman on the when top of the screen. When he looks screen. like Batman. With <laughs> Killian Murphy's randomly in it as well. Is that Uncredited he is. for some reason. What? I assume he was going to be a baddie in, the, in a sequel, to be honest. Yeah, he's think... only in that for like two That's minutes. That's what, because yeah. he, yeah. he's the son of the bad guy in the in the original. So that was obviously the intention, which yeah. unfortunately didn't ah. um, Because basically, Kevin Flynn's company, have, uh, they've gone rogue and decided to be profitable and stop putting the software out for free. <laughs> like, uh, and Sam's not having any of that, and he disrupts their big launch and stuff and posts it on the internet for free. Uh, and then he does a base jump off the top of the building. That security guard who chases him, though, he must have balls like oranges. He just walks out <laughs> onto the crane with him. And like, he's like, yeah, he's got a parachute, mate. What are you doing? You're just a bit of a, a rotund security guard with nothing but some handcuffs and a truncheon. What are you, if you fall, you're fucked, mate. <laughs> Yeah, he's also. You're on about eight dollars fifty an hour, and he's like the major sh- majority shareholder in this multinational corporation. <laughs> and he's got a parachute. And he's got a parachute. Uh, yeah, that opening sequence. Then you've got the the guy who's Tron in the original 
uh, he comes to him and tells him that he's got a page from his dad and to go back to his office yes. where he gets zapped into this into the grid. Um, which is a lovely little mm. transition where it all freezes and all the cubes come out and yeah, yeah, looks good. yeah, all that stuff's amazing. And then immediately it's like, all right, he has a fight with some discs, chuck him in, he gets, yeah, he gets yeah. like put up in this amazing costume, which it sounds like most of the budget went on the costumes. It was like, it, does, yeah. <laughs> it was ridiculous. The uh, the costumes apparently cost thirteen million dollars. Oh my word! An obscene amount of money. They all they do look ace though. I assume that's for the whole cast, not just for yeah the whole cast. Numbers. Yeah, the whole cast. <laughs> like, I love all the like hexagon motifs throughout everything. Everything's yeah hexagons yeah. everywhere. Yeah, and but even like in the in the landscape as well, everything's got a straight line on it as well. You know, like a circuit board. Yeah, yeah. You know, so all the rocks and stuff like that, they're all in straight lines. Yeah, I loved all that stuff because it was somehow natural, but somehow not. The amount of thought that's gone into the design is, yeah, it's it's an inc- it's designed within an inch of its life, and it has to be because obviously the plot is that there's a young Jeff Bridges that he's left in in the grid, isn't it? Who's yeah. trying to design? Who's trying to make the system perfect? Yeah, isn't it? So everything is perfect and symmetrical, and that's really the attention to details. Bob on you can't really fault that from a visual point of view at all. No, and then that, and it absolutely goes to, liberally goes to the toilet all over that comment earlier that one of those reviewers said that there's no you know no original ideas or anything like that. You know it's it's full of it. Yeah, design from a design and visual perspective, it is full of originality, especially visually. Yeah, yeah, and it looks just looks. Look, looks stunning throughout but the thing what's like quite funny which is one of the things i like about it is it doesn't mess around with the story people might think it's basic but there's these like little suggestions where it could go on and sort of take you down a road and have a twist or something like that but they immediately just sort it out so like they tie up a loose end straight away like you when you're first introduced to clue who's this alternate jeff bridges who's like the ai version of jeff bridges yeah, you're thinking like you immediately go, oh, is that his dad, and he's just not aged because he's been in this computer thing. Yeah, because that's what Sam thinks. But then in the same scene, he goes, "Oh no, I'm not your dad. He's somewhere else." <laughs> and you're like, "All right, okay. Well, there's that. There's that twist gone." <laughs> and then he goes. That's where he sends him to. Uh, so after he has his like little disc fight, and he, which is know. completely exhilarating, by the way. Yeah, that's yeah, a really well amazing. shot action sequence. It's great. Yeah, yeah. The, the, I think we we spoke last week about John Carter having like slightly underwhelming big action set pieces. Yeah, yeah. It's the opposite for this. I think. I think oh they, yeah, they, yeah. They are the best bits of the film. Is They're all the so action. good. Yeah. The disc fight, and then after he meets Clue, he then gets put into um oh, the, the, light the, cycle the bike fight. race, the light yeah, cycle yeah. fight, which is. Sort of the game of Tron, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and then the score comes oh, in there. Yeah, yeah, those drums on. I mean, I don't associate, and maybe I don't know enough about Daft Punk, or I only know their big hits, but yeah. I don't associate them with big drums. And this score is so full of big percussion as well. Like, yeah, it's real, really it propulsive stuff. I, I love it. Yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like Phil Collins. <laughs> <laughs> It feels like when you when you put your ear too close to a strip light and you get that low level and you feel connected electrically to what's going on. Yeah, you know what I mean. It it's such it, it like it it gets that score gets you on a, like a subsonic level. Yeah. Have you ever had a score and visuals just work that well together? No. Where I don't think I mean, well, we've established that the soundtrack does work on its own, but the visuals owe a lot to the music playing making it seem as good as it is 
They just think, work so well together. I don't know. I think you'll find when we're at the Half Moon Cafe. Oh, here we fucking go. And Van Damme appears. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> and I think, you know. You are so lucky we don't record this in the same room. <laughs> <laughs> just launching over the table. <laughs> I'd just be throwing things at him. <laughs> oh. Well, I mean, uh, if we did it all in the same room, Rob will obviously be dressed in double denim with a, with a nice greasy mullet. Like, not yeah. making any reference to it either, just casually doing the whole thing. <laughs> dressed as Van Damme. Just walking with the, the lovely fresh Timberlands as well. Like, right, lads, how are we doing? You all right? Yeah? This is normal, by the way. Uh, did you have a point or are you just trying to wind me up uh, no that, that was yeah that was pretty much the point that was good that was yeah, a good, that was a good uh, how how you've managed to get uh, Van Damme into this we one. have a 100% record every episode I think has a Van Damme uh, reference in it so uh, at least we've got away from Liam Neeson I suppose albatross around the neck I didn't enjoy <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, well, we'll just you wait until we go to Segal Town. You know, we we will. Oh, be... can't wait for that. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, anyway, no, that um, that whole sequence I think is amazing. I love the way that when the um, other programs get killed, they crumble into blocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah when they when they get derezzed. Uh, de- yeah, I just love all that stuff, and the yeah. action is actually really well shot. You know, um, the light cycle chase is so exhilarating where they're upside down and they're crossing the streams, you know, to borrow a phrase from Ghostbusters. But and they're, they're going round each other and blowing. Oh, I just I think it's amazing. Really yeah, good. Going up the ramps and going. Yeah, the holes yeah. The I'm loving and, all that. And then amazing. it's unceremoniously interrupted by uh, Olivia Wilde. Yeah. Because at this point is Sam has been chucked off his bike, hasn't he? So he's yes. like at the mercy of this mysterious uh, helmeted badass who's got two discs, not one. Yes. But again, that's another thing where you're like, oh, who's this guy? And then they reveal really quickly that it's true. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, there's no mystery in, in any of this. Like they just get the the beats of the story out as quick as possible. Yeah, yeah. Um, just for an excuse to show more badass action sequences. <laughs> <laughs> I call it I like I never mind it when a story just zips along. Never mind that at all. So when is it Cora she's called? When yeah. Yeah. when she takes Sam and she she drives out of the the sort of arena to take him somewhere. Yeah. Uh, you don't know who she is at this point. She's just picked him up and she's taking him off. And she's got like voice augmentation as well, hasn't she? So you yeah, can't yeah. tell so, she's even female. So you can't really tell. So I was like, oh, I wonder, you know, there's been about 20 minutes gone. You know, looked at the timer and it was 50 minutes in. Yeah. And I don't know about you guys, but like that 50 minutes flew by. It did, yeah. That first Let's 50 minutes. I think that's, yeah, I think that's both the strength and potential weakness of the film. So where I'm coming from with this is I'm absolutely loving watching this at the moment. The disc yeah. fight, the, yeah. the light cycles, Cora busting it. And then for me, everything's too front-loaded. All the memorable stuff is in that first 50 minutes yeah, yeah. of the movie for me. Right, yeah. yeah, I think you're right, yeah. I think... Say for, uh, um, I can think of... There's a few things I can remember from later on, but yeah, there's a top heaviness for sure, yeah. There really is. I'm like, I'm absolutely digging this. This is an amazing, amazing movie. Yeah. Like, it's just, what are they going to do in the second half? Because I couldn't remember from watching it last time, and that should have tipped me off, really, that I couldn't remember what had happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, obviously, Cora comes in, takes him off-road, or off-grid. Oh, you know. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes out and finds um, Jeff Bridges 
actual elderly. Yeah. Is he elderly? I don't. Uh, yeah. yeah. Older. Older. Yeah. Yeah. Hippie. hippie Older. Yeah. And he's, yeah. I mean, living like Osama bin Laden in a cave. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was like it's, it reminded me of the Fortress of Solitude from uh, Superman. Yeah. Or the, a Fortron yeah. of Solitude. <laughs> <laughs> it just, it, it, I like. I mean, obviously, I really liked it, but I was thinking, like, how's he got his building materials out here? You know, where's 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 he got the lovely, you know, the because uh, like the 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 person in me. Well, he's the architect of the whole world, what, isn't he? So he can yeah. whatever he thinks of, he can just make. I had a kind of brain mess at the time because I was watching it going, how has he been eating this whole time? Yes, and yeah, the yeah, meal, yeah. The meal is so nice that they have like a, a lovely <laughs> suckling pig just in the middle of the table and some monge too <laughs> and a blue wicked. <laughs> <laughs> they do. They are drinking blue wicked, aren't they? Blue wicked, if you would like to sponsor the yeah, yeah. Let's try our hand <laughs> with blue wicked. Yeah, your drinks are absolutely disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, just before they get on to have some cheeky Vimptos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because then eventually, yeah, um, yeah, he does. There's loads of neon drinks going on in this because someone, yeah. Martin Sheen, oh, we will get to him. We will get to him. Good grief. They, Michael like, Sheen, just... show some bloody respect, Martin Sheen. Oh, yeah, Michael Sheen. <laughs> Michael Sheen, yeah, sorry, sorry, yeah. <laughs> Martin Sheen from Apocalypse Now showing up in this. <laughs> Imagine if it was Martin Sheen in the same attire doing the same performance. Oh, no, no, no. Um... <laughs> He's not as nimble. I don't think he'd be as nimble. <laughs> so... He makes some choices. We'll come on to it. Yeah, right. We need a section devoted to him, I think. It leads nicely on, doesn't it? So Jeff Bridges, you know, see Sam and they have quite emo- and it is quite emotional when they see each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeff Bridges is actually really good in this film in oh, both yeah. the roles as their clue yeah. and Flynn. Cuz he is doing both, isn't he? He is, yeah. So yeah. and and he did act the clue ones as well. He was just in a in a helmet like with right. tracking marks. Avatar type stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. avatar yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um and it's quite a tender moment where they meet each other and and yeah, Bridges is great at this point. Yeah. And he's just this hippie well, which is Jeff Bridges has been for the last twenty years, <laughs> just doing it so well, and you know all the all the like you, you're busting my vibe, man. <laughs> and I I love all that Crushing stuff. Crushing my chi, man. Yeah, I love all that stuff with the with the scripts and all the colloquial chat he has because it just yeah it does bring like a bit of authenticity to what is this like mental other world. Yeah, it brings out. a bit of levity, doesn't it? A bit of yeah. um, you can relate to it a little bit. Whereas the talking about discs and programs and de-resing yeah. people and all this kind of stuff and you could get a little bogged down in that but then you've got at the root of it you've got this guy who's just a dude he's the dude he, yeah, is, the he dude. is the dude you get all this <laughs> criticism where the main negative points are coming from the script yeah but i think it's actually quite a decent script really because it doesn't it's this tech world and it doesn't get bogged down in stupid words what no one understands like john carter did say and like warcraft was another one for me where i was just like what are these people talking about (laughs) yeah and it doesn't do it in this and it's all quite simple and it's all quite easy to understand and you're forgetting it's a disney film which is essentially a kid's film yeah so i think they're doing a bit of disservice to the script there to like just just say it's it's shit because it's not Especially Bridges stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean that would that would be dis- doing a disservice anyway. Actually, because because uh, you can't just de- devalue someone's work that quickly. Yeah, you know, with a one word crush. 
Yeah, and especially Bridges' stuff. Jeff Bridges' stuff, I think he's great in this. Yeah, think, and it, it looks like he's having real good fun doing it. Like, yeah. It feels like a proper passion project for him. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Tron yeah. was so important for him in his career. It just feels like he was really loving it. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's lovely. Uh, oh, lovely. <laughs> when we're in uh, Jeff Bridges' underground bunker and um, Olivia Wilde is, like, relaxing on a chaise lounge. Um, <laughs> she doesn't look that relaxed to me like no, it's no. very rigid <laughs> he's telling uh, Sab about the portal and how it only opens now and again and that's how he got locked in that world because the portal had closed but now it's open again because Sam's come in and it's only open for a certain amount of time but does Jeff Bridges tell Sam like not to go to it or something he's like it's too yeah. dangerous or something like that yeah right? so he says he can't go to it and this is where so we've just been saying, I think the script is absolutely fine. It has a lot of world building to do, a lot of heavy lifting to do. And, you know, and it zips along that first 50 minutes. This is where I start to run into problems. And I'm loathe to criticise screenwriters because I am one. Um, and I don't I don't want to do do that, really. But I, I get confused here at this point. So I'm hoping you guys can explain to me what the stakes are here. In terms of, you're asking me. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I don't understand what, what what is it that he's trying to stop Clue doing? Is the inference being that if Clue gets to go through the portal, that he'll like go full Skynet and just on the on the rest I of the world? I think that's the implication because he's amassing an army secretly, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's they, not they, revealed until a bit later, but like that's the threat, isn't it? That he'll get that army into the real world and take it over. Is that right? Yeah, and he'll try and make that into a perfect world, and then ultimately he'll get rid of the humans because they're imperfect is have i understood this children's yeah. film yeah I, yeah i think so because <laughs> yeah. like that whole that whole thing with the isos which olivia wilde is the last of the sorry cora is the last of yeah. the isos mm. and they're the sort of programmable ones aren't they um whereas clue and that and what he's created they're the sentient ones mm. when clue was trying to create this perfect world he killed out all the isos because he was like i don't we don't need those programmable things. Yeah. So it mm. is just a bunch of sentient programs. Um. So yeah, I guess I guess that's what the state to get them in the real world. It must be. I I didn't care to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, sh- I just wanted um Garrett Headland and and uh, Lloyd Bridges. Lloyd Bridges. Lloyd Bridges. Imagine. The Commandant. That would be a different film. I want. To, yeah. I just wanted Garrett Headland and Jeff Bridges to to get home. And be father and son again. That's all I really wanted. I didn't yeah. really care what the other stuff was. That's what I really wanted to happen. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah that, that... Then. <laughs> Spoilers. So the homies have been lost. Even though uh, Jeff uh, Flynn tells Sam not to risk it and not to go, because as soon as he gets Jeff Bridges' disc on the back, that opens the you know that's the portal to get out into yeah. the real world. So he doesn't want to risk it. Doesn't want risk clue getting it, but Cora gives him some information on how he can get to the open portal and get out himself. Uh, she she gives him the name Zeus, which <laughs> takes him to a hot spot in town. Yeah, and I love this bit as well where he where he he's kind of like uh, he's got a li- he's little hood up and he's like trying to be secretive, trying to get past all the. Yeah, I like that again. A bit of world building. I liked all that. Yeah, and I, I love like you get in the city a bit and it's it, you, you get on the streets of it a bit more and yeah, 
and yeah. it, and and you get more of the world, and and it is a bit like Blade Runnery, I think. Yeah, yeah, point. you get more of a flavour for Flynn's creation, don't you? I'd have liked to have seen more of that, to be honest. Yeah, I, I yeah. could have gone for more of that. Less of the Fortron of Solitude, a bit more and... of Revolution, but maybe that's probably for the later planned sequels. You know, all of this oh, is mapped oh. out as a trilogy, isn't it? So maybe yeah. more of that uprising within the grid would have been part of it. I I don't know, to be honest with you, but. Yeah, I, I really liked that sort of on the ground stuff and like seeing what the programs are getting up to, like because they're all AI, yeah. aren't they? Essentially, like yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I always love a good nightclub scene in a film, but this one was a little bit spoiled for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> really? How so? How so? Um, by the Riddler popping up from Batman Forever, <laughs> doused in a pot of white emulsion, <laughs> doing his uh, David Bowie impression. David Bowie impression. He is like a lost Bowie character, isn't he? He's doing a Ziggy Stardust, isn't he? Let's yeah. Yeah. Let's call him a spade a spade. I mean, it was gross. Absolutely (laughs) gross. gross. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I, I didn't. I mean, it was the one misstep for me. Oh well, I I mean, I can see that it is a bit like cartoonish, isn't it? And and yeah, yeah. And I, I love Michael Sheen. Yeah, I, love I love Michael, Michael Sheen. Sheen a bit. But, but this is another one of those bits where they tease a sort of mystery, but then reveal it in like the same scene. So they're going. He's he's yeah, going yeah. to see this Zeus character, and uh, Michael Sheen is a character called Castor, who's this club owner. Mm. Yeah, he's supposed to be like his conciliary, isn't he? Essentially, like he's mm. the go-between between Zeus and yeah. yeah. And the yeah. guy, and then he just goes, nah, I'm Zeus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so oh, all right. That's like the third oh, okay. time that's happened where there's a potential mystery and they've just gone, oh, God, I can't be bothered making this complicated. There is Zeus, he's fine. That's him. The hell with reveals. <laughs> but this is Daft Punk's cameo as well. So he walks into the club and Daft Punk are there in a the little DJ booth playing yeah. the two best tracks on the soundtrack, I think, as well. They get through about five tracks of the yeah. score, don't they? <laughs> so there's yeah. a bit of, like, Captain Exposition here, and he reveals his Zeus, and they drink more blue WKD. <laughs> yeah, with a little umbrella, little glass <laughs> umbrella in the top. Well, they're celebrating, Rob. What else would you drink? <laughs> I, ju- I just, it was so over the top, and, and I know what I'm watching here, and I'll forgive anything. You guys know I will forgive anything in a film. It just felt... Not right. This. So I, yeah. I didn't mind it when he was, um, when he was introduced to him, and he's doing all his like bravado, campy David Bowie stuff. Yeah. The thing, what, where I was like, oh, this isn't very good, and you, you know, you kind of turn it to the edit inside as well. And again, this is, mm. you know, I'm an editor. You know, I don't want to criticize editors because yeah. it's a tough job. <laughs> no, no. But. Um, is the bit where uh, it gets ambushed by the red team and it <laughs> kicks off into a fight and Cora comes in and they have a fight and uh, Daft Punk changed the, you know, a wise enough yeah. to change the track to a lovely fighting track. <laughs> he, like, he even gives him a nod, doesn't he? We need we need a different different music for this bit. I mean, yeah, they're professionals to the them. end, aren't they? You know, they were about to make D-Res, <laughs> yeah. possibly, in the crossfire. But <laughs> <laughs> they will not do a subpar DJ set. So they're having this fight and it just keeps cutting back to Michael Sheen doing stupid things on the balcony. I was surprised he kept his trousers on, to be perfect. (laughs) It was that over the top. It is a bit bit odd. It is a bit odd. Um, Yeah, it just it didn't it didn't fit right. It didn't sit right with me. It didn't feel like it was part of that world really at all. No, it felt like a misstep. But that's I mean, again, you know, as we said, 
when we were talking about Ben Foster, I love it when an actor swings for the fences, but by God, did he swing for the fences here. Well, that's <laughs> got to be on the Good page, God. though, hasn't it? He has, or has he just gone, oh, I'm going to jazz this up a bit? Well, no, yeah. this is the thing. Again, it's not necessarily when there's a performance like this, it's not necessarily Sheen's fault. Yeah. It's like someone's got to be there to rein him in a little he bit. He does have you know, a tendency like... to go a bit over the top, though. Like um, the Twilight one. Have you seen the Twilight oh, yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just does that laugh where well, he, goes yeah. like, he goes like, ah. <laughs> and it just does this weird laugh, and you're like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> So what you're saying is he's got previous. Yes, he has got previous. <laughs> I think when he's not playing Tony Blair or David Frost, he can go off the deep end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's what playing those characters would do for Rob, you. Rob, I've got to ask you, uh, would you oh, yeah. have preferred it if he played the role as Brian Clough? <laughs> <laughs> I would have. Yes, <laughs> I definitely would have. <laughs> in, in lovely trackies. <laughs> Uh, should we explain that a little bit? So Michael Sheen has a reputation in England for playing real life people. And doing it very uh, well. Usually doing it very well. Doing it amazingly well. And he yeah, did a film really, called The yeah. Damned United where he plays a famous English uh, football manager called Brian Clough. <laughs> who talks a bit like this. And it's like, oh And he's a little bit dour and oh, uh, you want to get oh, you want to get the portal out of out of the grid, do you? <laughs> <laughs> You can throw all your discs in the bin because you won them all by cheating. <laughs> That's a great now, movie, that. Oh, it's so good. I mean, this would be an even better movie if you had... Oh, if Cluffy was in charge like, of this nightclub. Could you just do Cluffy? <laughs> can you just forget all this Ziggy Stardust? Can you just do Cluffy? Yeah. <laughs> you can dress the same. You know, we can keep the blonde wig. <laughs> <laughs> you can have the daft outfit. You can even keep daft punk. Just be cluffy. <laughs> <laughs> what a great film that is. What a great film. I know. A great book too as well, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a novel, yeah. Oh, I've not read the book. No, I've not read I the should book. know that. I was hugely relieved when all the other dudes showed up. The the red dudes came to kill everybody. <laughs> <laughs> did, I mean, did we more victim shaming. Did here, you but, enjoy yeah, it then yeah. when uh, when Clue came and blew up uh, Zeus's nightclub with him inside it? <laughs> I, I was elated by this stage. Fuck, fuck Zeus, because he's playing both sides anyway. From what I can understand, yeah. Yes, well, he screws him over, doesn't he? He's a bit of a shit house, isn't he? Yeah, and he, but he, he nicks. Um, Flynn's disc first, doesn't he? Yeah, and sends yeah. him down a lift. Yeah, shaft because and chops off uh, Olivia Wilde. Wy- uh, Wild, yeah. Wild? Uh, Cora. Cora's yeah. arm gets lobbed off. Not Olivia Wilde's real arm doesn't go. She's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. not method. Yes, because uh, of course, you know method. <laughs> Flynn comes in and saves them, doesn't he? Because they're getting beat. Flynn mm. comes and saves them and does all his like. He is the creator power and just like saves them in doing so he loses yeah. his disc so they're like oh shit he's got the thing yes clue's got the key to get him out into the real world we now have to stop him yeah so flynn's there with him and it yeah. goes into a bit there when it's this more of this lovely like father and son bonding bit they get on this train uh, yeah to go to, I, I loved all that i love when he was sorry to interrupt side i love that bit where he fixed um quora you know and he had a like he was looking at a DNA helix, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. And and he plucked out the bit that was messed up and let it flutter away. Yeah. I loved yeah, all yeah. that. That was really nice. And then she took a few minutes to reboot as well while he tells yeah, everyone that yeah. he 
in the audience that he came up with the idea for Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but he's and that's the chance for Bridges to be brilliant. He was so good during that that little section. Dead charming. But again, all these complaints about like character development wasn't enough. That scene did did enough for me. Like with all three of them. Like yeah, between Sam and his dad. And then between Sam and Cora as well, because there's obviously like some sort of romantic link between them two. Um, yes, yeah. But because she's quite innocent, Cora, isn't she? She's not like a classic romantic lead where it's, it's like lustful. Yeah. She is, and she's played quite like she would be like AI. Yeah, and, and she's yeah. you know like the, there is quite, something quite sort of innocent, and, yeah, and really sweet. And she plays it really well, I think. Like you know, innocent yeah. and sweet, and she is the last remaining ISO, which is. You know, they were the good guys uh, who all got killed out. Um, from there, we go to like a, a big is that is the sort of final last action set piece, isn't it? Where the there's the the, the flight battle. Yeah, I love that. I absolutely love and, that. And there's more of that sort of like jumping into thin air, and then a vehicle appears around him in slow mo. Yeah, and it zooms yeah. Off again, and Garrett Headland goes all Han Solo and jumps on the turrets and starts shooting all the things yeah. down. And yeah, yeah. I but I don't think you could be visually more interesting and more bold than that sequence there. Like these light neon emblazoned flying machines flying between these huge granite pillars. Uh, uh, over the sea while it's raining. I just thought it was all yeah, beautiful it looks, it look, and it really exciting. Yeah, and it, you know, to be honest and and frank with it, it needed it at that point because yes, the, it did, the, yeah. the second half of the film is definitely the weaker half. Um, mm. Because you've had that first half, what's just insanely good and this in you know constant action scene, action scene, you know, ten out of yeah. ten action scenes. And then it dips yeah. a bit to a bit of exposition, and it was like, "Oh, we need this again. We need more of this." I don't think that scene was as good as the earlier scenes. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I agree. But with it you. needed it, and it was good, and it was a good little respite before the uh, finale, which when they get to the portal, there was a bit of a, a face turn during that, um, wasn't there? With Tron stops following Clue and starts following Flynn again. Yeah, we've totally forgot about Tron the whole time. <laughs> I mean, Tron isn't even in this film, is he? Really? He's not in this no, film. No, he's not in this film. I mean, film. I thought Jeff Bridges was Tron, so that's how clueless I am <laughs> coming <laughs> into this. Like, all intents and he is to me. Yeah. I mean, the world for me is Tron. Yeah, yeah. You know, um... I thought that was the name of the world, right? So that's what yeah. always confused me. I didn't know Tron was a character. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's not really in this film, but like, no, no, he'd no. been corrupted by Clue, hadn't he? From the first film, he had. Yeah. So because. Uh, from the original, from what I gather, I can't remember it, but Tron was actually trapped on the grid. Or was was Tron an AI? No, Tron must have been an AI thing, like Clue, wasn't he? Because yeah. the real yeah, guy was, is, yeah. is Alan in the real world, isn't he? Yeah, he's based on Alan, isn't he? Yeah. So he's Alan's yeah. version of Clue, and he's been corrupted uh, because when he speaks, he's got all like crackling in his voice like he's been hacked or something. Yeah, yeah. And he finally yeah. twigs during that scene and then starts to like realise the hero that he is. Um, yeah. Which then went on to a um, an animated sequel, which I think was because they just oh was this Tron Uprising? Yeah, so I think they can because I they because this. they canned the live action sequel, which I think is a yeah. shame. Uh, it went to a an animated one instead, and and you know that's more based around Tron the character and what happens after he fights Clue and gets sort of he just falls in the sea, and then that's the last you see of him, isn't it? He, he 
<laughs> yeah. The last you see yeah. of him is he goes from red to blue. So you're like, right, he's good again now. And then that's the last you see yeah. of him. And then we... Well, and he sings, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I'd love it if his suit went like... And he was a life, you know, life preserver. And he <laughs> <laughs> floated back to the surface like Marshmallow Man. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then, yeah, then suddenly they're at the portal and it's the big... Smackdown. The big face-off. Mm. Yeah, the big Smackdown, which is is not really a Smackdown. It's more of a... Because I thought he was going to properly hand solo... Clue was going to properly hand solo Flynn and, you know, stick him one right between the ribs <laughs> and chuck him off the thing. But no, it was, it was all a bit more... You know, that was when I realised, oh, you know, you can't go back to the pool. Did I realise anything? I don't know whether I realised anything. I just wanted him and his dad to get across there yeah. and get in that damn light tube It's thing quite sad how he, he's found his dad after 25 years, finally. Yeah. And he's only seen him for, like, an evening. And then... Uh, <laughs> and then he won't go back with him because he's just sacrificing himself so they can all get back. And it's just, it's a bit sad, really, because he, he, he... Yeah, he yeah. At least he gets to go back with Quora, though. Yeah. And become a technosexual. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> What's one of them? I think what? it's fairly self-explanatory. <laughs> Is it? I imagine it's I... a dude who has sex with computers. <laughs> so, so what's she going back to... <laughs> <laughs> What's she going back to Earth as? I don't know, but they're not going to be playing Monopoly and drinking cups of tea, are they? <laughs> no, but I mean, like, is she? <laughs> but what is she? Is this she is where I don't be... know. How does she even exist it's... in the real world? And that's what I'm asking. Yeah, like... I don't know. <laughs> I had to ask you what the stakes were. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I truly don't know. So. Is she still an android in... Well, she won't, because she's not an android in the first place. She's a computer programme, yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. don't understand. So what's she going back to the real world as? I don't know. Like, if she she got her arm chopped off, would she go into cubes again, or would it actually be an arm? (laughs) That's what I'm asking, yeah. yeah. yeah, Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I I imagine that would have been explained in future sequels, to be honest, because a whole lot of them were coming back, so... Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I I don't know. I don't know if it's not me, like, paying close enough attention or if it's just not explicitly made clear in the writing or in the way that the film's cut together, but I don't know... That's why I was so confused about the stakes. Because so, like, mm. when they cross over to the other side through the portal, is she still a computer program, or is she now, to all intents and purposes, a human person? Yeah, and you could extend that to the entire army that Clue is amassing. Yeah, can't and you? is like, that what's going to happen? There, is like... they going to be like body snatchers type thing? Yeah, they yeah. Live amongst us like Russian sleeper agents. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. That's what I get. I don't get. I'm confused. Like, no, I, I don't know. But she seems to enjoy it when she gets there. She sees the sunrise, doesn't she? Which they do set up earlier in the screenplay, which yeah. is nice. But yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure the portal in the Tron world looks a lot nicer than a sunrise from an oh. average oh. town. I mean, I, I, think, I, I was yeah. just... Most stuff like, in the Tron world looks a like bit better sun, than... <laughs> sunrise, it's nice. Sunset in a beef is quite nice. It's really nice. But I think I'd be more blown away in this computer world with all the neon and stuff and the yeah, black yeah. sea. I'd be like, <laughs> this is incredible. And geezers drop into cubes all around me all the time. <laughs> To be fair, Sam doesn't even stop to let her watch it. Uh, no, he doesn't, does he? He keeps driving. Yeah, we're on our way to get breakfast. My dad's just died and I'm f***ing starving. <laughs> get a gander at that. <laughs> Horrible man. 
<laughs> that is so stops. neat. Yeah, it sort of neatly comes <laughs> to the actual finale of the film. So, in that, you know, what was your favourite bit? Oh, mine's an easy one. Mine's a really easy one. That when Sam is with uh, one of the android robot women who dress him to the, in the beginning, and he he enters Zeus's club for the first time, and the Daft Punk track kicks in, uh, and yes. it's, yeah, the camera yeah, comes down, moment, and they walk yeah. into the club, and it's just like. Fuck me, that is cool. And then yeah, he looks up yeah. and Daft Punk are in the box. I'm just like, Pfft. it's just yeah. so cool. It's really fucking cool. It, yeah, it's, I think you can really always cool say that movie. this is a cool movie. It is a cool it movie. It is a cool movie, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, for me, it's the light cycle sequence. That's mm. what I, you know, I don't know a lot about Tron, but I do know that there are light cycles from the various ways that it's been sent up in yeah. pop culture over the years. Uh, and I just think it's brilliant. It's really well choreographed. It's really inventive with the with the dropping uh, hills, uh, yeah. slopes, and ramps yeah, and what yeah. have you. Yeah. And then it's just a perfect melding of that action sequence with the amazing Daft Punk score as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Was, that was worth watching the film for. Yeah. on its own, it is, for isn't me, it? Without yeah, a actually, doubt, yeah. yeah, for sure. What about you, Rob? I think my favorite bit is um, it's a very simple shot, but I like that. When they're in the middle of the plane sequence, I loved all those things that you're talking about, by the way. Um, and visually, there is so much I absolutely adored about this film. So much so that I want to watch it again. Cool. Like uh, tomorrow. I'd like to watch it again tomorrow. So I think that, um, when they're during the, the sort of the air chase sequence towards the end and they realize that they've got to get behind one of the, the pursuers and Olivia Wilde flies the, uh, the plane they're in straight up. And it's followed by another one. And because it's got the light trails on the end of the wings, and as it's going vertically up towards the heavens, and it's spinning, it's doing this helix towards the heavens with another smaller yellow helix following it. I just thought it was visually just my eyes bled. <laughs> it was that good. I loved it. Well, that's not good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was beautiful. Absolutely yeah, we've beautiful. Yeah, we've done two films now what are visually amazing films. Um, yeah, and haven't necessarily got the credit they deserve as a whole film. You know that that sort of good stuff has been oh, dismissed. I'm so glad you feel uh, that this way about Hard Target. I'm so glad you feel this way about it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this and Hard Target. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I'm talking about Speed Racer. Uh, yes, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, there we go. No, I, I, I'd agree. So, um, the question, boys, for your reconsideration, what are we saying? I would say this is not a bad movie at all. I find it a little bit clinical uh, and a little bit difficult to get on board emotionally, but the visuals are so astounding and soundtrack is... I'm starting to sound like a break, broken record here, but that score truth, is man. unbelievably yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've sort of discussed where we feel that the film's a little bit front-loaded and all the best stuff sort of happens in the first 50 minutes. So I feel like it could have done with, you know a stronger ending uh, or more of those action sequences put into, but the, you know, with the way the story flows, it sort of makes sense. Uh, I feel if you haven't seen it before, it's definitely worth a look. If you have, and you didn't dig it the first time around, you're probably not going to get much out of it on a, on a second viewing. But I tell you what, it's really interesting movie to watch in terms of how, uh, de-aging effects have improved mm, since yeah, this was made. Yeah. Um, you know, and just, you know, you've got to remember when you watch this is that they're absolutely pushing the boundaries. There's nothing better that they could do with these visual yeah. effects at all. 
Um, and you know, it just it's really good as sort of a time capsule piece to see what how far yeah. you've come from that moment and what you know was deemed as literally the top of the range, you know, cutting yeah, edge it, uh, technology at the time. It's always exciting and interesting to watch filmmakers push the boundaries, push the envelope, see mm. how far they can go. And it doesn't matter whether that's in a story sense, a visual sense, an effect sense in this instance. So, yeah, totally agree. Shai, I'll leave you the last word on this one because it was your pick. Um, but, um, yeah, having not seen it before, again, I'm just shocked at just the ease with which people criticise. This is visually probably the greatest thing I've ever seen. I can't, I literally can't think of a better visual feast than this and also god I'm, I'm following you james the soundtrack is incredible but it's that mix and that meld of soundtrack and visuals that is such a winner it they complement each other just so so perfectly that it's like oh it's like treacle it's gorgeous the whole thing it's like, is, butter. It's like butter it is beautiful so yeah for sure um Story-wise, um, I don't have a lot of complaints because I always like a story that zips along just fine. Um, I think a couple of extra um, – we used the word character beats earlier, didn't you, Si? A couple of extra like tiny little minutes in there might have given the end a little bit more impact, but that is, mm. that's me trying to placate people who didn't like it in the first place. Um, I, I'm fine with it all. I urge you to go check it out. If you've not seen it, by the biggest telly you've got or you can find – Get a Blu-ray player, get some surround sound, sit in and swill like a pig. <laughs> Put that on the poster. <laughs> it's such a like visceral experience. It's so good. Uh, on this rewatch, I'd seen it a few times before, but I hadn't seen it for a while. But I loved this as much as I did first time round when I watched it again. And I just, I just think it's so harsh to dismiss. To dismiss it on the whole for its sort of simple story where it's quite, uh, there's no mystery to the plot. There's no, yeah, there's, yeah. there's no real mystery to the story. Everything zips along really quickly. It's it's led by uh, an actor who is there to be there. Yeah. And I feel it, I feel it's a bit harsh how they've took on those, the little criticisms and basically dismissed the whole film and whilst ignoring its, you know, the pioneering sense of everything else about it, the visuals, yeah. the sound, yeah. the score... The action sequences are brilliant. Yeah. It doesn't need to get bogged down in a complicated plot to be a good movie. No, you know? no. It's a, it's a kid's movie. It's a Disney movie. It's not Stanley Kubrick. No, it's, it's a movie to savour and to enjoy. Just enjoy it. Don't worry about the fine detail. Enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, it is very much uh, put forward as a visual experience as rather than grand... Yeah. Even though it is groundbreaking cinema from a visual effects standpoint... It's not put forward that mm. in terms of, you know, it's not a Charlie Kaufman movie, is it? Yeah, you know, yeah. not going for originality of story at all. Yeah. But I think, I just think like, you know, if you haven't seen it, definitely watch it. I definitely mm. feel it needs to be experienced purely from a visual and yeah. uh, audible perspective. It's just, it's right at the upper echelons in terms of those two things. Yeah. Especially soundtrack, as we've all discussed. We've yep. been saying how good it is. It's one of the best soundtracks I've ever heard. Daft Punk, uh, you're always film. welcome on the for your consideration <laughs> podcast. Uh, <laughs> in a film and on its own. If you've seen it before, you don't have to watch it. I'll just watch that first 45 minutes again because yeah. I've never been... I think it's one of the most exhilarating 45 minutes of a film 
That and super bad. Uh, <laughs> 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 Two films that probably Less don't cock get montages in this. <laughs> <Yeah>. But. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I love it. And I'm going to be really controversial here, lads. Um, out of all the films we've done so far, I think this one is my favourite. I don't think that's controversial at all. Yeah, I think I love it. I absolutely love it. I loved it at the time, love it now. Um, I think it's a, a experience, yeah. But it's so nice to hear that, though, mate, because like just enjoying cinema and movies, that's why we do this, though, isn't it? That's why we yeah. talk about this, because we enjoy movies. But just to enjoy it to that level... It's like a drug. Love it. Yeah, love it. Absolutely love it. Before we sign off, I'll just uh, give a shout out that next week's movie, we're going to be looking at Fire in the Sky. Never heard of it. Is this your film, Rob? Never heard of it. <laughs> this is my film, is yeah, this yeah, a yeah. Film that you've made in your bedroom, Rob. <laughs> I have never heard of this movie. <laughs> I would be delighted if it was because it's now streaming on Netflix Ooh. all around the world. So oh, at least yeah, I don't if have you to want to catch it, it before next week. <laughs> no, you don't have to wait for it. It's on Netflix. Just type in Fire in the Sky. Um, probably the less you know the better. Well, I know um, nothing, so I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> or am I trepidatious? I don't know. It's your pick, Rob, so... Uh... Yeah, yeah, there is fear. There is, is yeah, Adam Sandler in it? Adam Sandler... <laughs> no, he is not. He's not. But Rob Schneider is. No, oh I'm joking. He's God. not either. Well, I'm he's in not, He's not. He's not. <laughs> <laughs> he's not. Um, cheers, boys. Thank you for listening. Uh, please hit us up on Twitter at FYRFilmPod or email us at ReconsiderPod at gmail.com. And, um, yeah, if you've got any five-star reviews kicking about for us, please, please send them over. And until next time, say goodbye, boys. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, everybody. I'm off for a cup of soup. 